it wasn't until I was like 16, I think I tried out for Canadian Idol and then realized how whack that whole system was. And like my audition was wild. And I was like, this is not. Why is it wild? What made it wild? We went down like this crazy back alley. They were like, they were doing like these pan over shots of like, uh, say that you're, say that you're in like not wait, young. Wait, no, wait, go back. You went down, they took you down an alley? <laughs> you need to explain this. Hello, and welcome to another episode of On the Porch with Front Porch Music. I just want to say thank you for tuning in over the last few weeks while we've launched this podcast. We are so excited about the chats we have with the artists, and we are so happy that you're listening and enjoying it. Yeah, the feedback so far has been really overwhelming. So thank you so much to everyone who's been listening. Uh, Jenna and I are just loving that we're getting to do this right now. This is episode four of On the Porch, and this week we have a special guest with us. She is a self-proclaimed saddie baddie. I'm going to go ahead and call her the queen of the saddie baddies. No, Casey Musgraves, that is not you. Her latest single is called Cowboys Go, and it is breaking our hearts. Please stay tuned for our chat with Parker Gray. So pull up a chair and join us on the porch for our conversation. Parker, Gray, thanks for joining us for another episode. We're so excited to have you. Yeehaw, thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. I'm just thrilled to be here. Of course. Well, we must talk to the girl who is making country music sad again, obviously. <laughs> yep, it's the mission. It continues. It's uh, it's funny. Like, I don't remember if last time we talked about this, but that, that tagline was such a mistake. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, so when everybody was doing Clubhouse, I like submerged myself into the Clubhouse world real mm-hmm. hard. And everyone was talking about having like a catchy tagline. And as a joke, because I'm a sad girl at heart, I was like, oh, what if I just make it like on a mission to make country music sad again? And then it stuck so much. And it was it's like an honest tagline, because truly, like, there's nothing I love more than sad songs and writing sad songs and releasing sad songs. Um, but yeah, so it's I'm, I'm so pumped that that like little, like as Bob Ross would say, um, a happy little accident. <laughs> to such a thing, but. <laughs> well, it's, it's definitely memorable for sure. Thanks. I mean, didn't plan it, but. It's <laughs> okay, roll with it. Yeah, just roll with it. Yeah, exactly. Just- so. You were telling us like just before we start, we start we started recording here that you've been up since the ass crack of dawn. Yeah. Why? Well, because you know, you, I'm I'm doing all the things. I've got a <laughs> I've got practically a full time job. I also coach CrossFit. I got to get to the gym myself because that's like the best thing for my mental health and overall just sanity. Mm. Um, and music doesn't get done on its own. Like you gotta, you gotta push your music out and you gotta be your number one fan and be telling everybody to talk about your stuff. And it's just a hustle, which like, I love, like, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, it's great. I, I'm very grateful to hmm. have to do all of it. If that resonates. So what time did you wake up? 4.45 AM. <laughs> yeah. I'm screaming on the inside. I mean, the last time I did, the last time I did that, it must have been for university. <laughs> I'm thinking the last time I saw 4.45 a.m. was like I was up until that late. 4.45 a.m. I wasn't going. I wasn't waking up. I was going to bed. Well, yeah, I mean, like I'm, yeah. when 
I'm an old lady at heart, I think. Like, I love going to bed early. Like, there is nothing like crawling into bed at 9 p.m. Like, holy moly. But <laughs> last time, the last time I did that was because I was sick. <laughs> <laughs> I, but this is my problem. It's like I need to be better at, like, that's a lie. I don't need to be better at it. When I'm in Nash, I'm, like, out. And mm-hmm. I don't know how I stay awake because I probably just, like, being there and, like, mm thing but like here when I'm back in Vancouver it's like I can't wait for 9 p.m. so I can like call <laughs> bed oh I love it <laughs> that's like I think that you may be one of the only musicians to be like yeah get me to bed early oh I like I'm I'm yeah I don't know man there I function I don't function well on no sleep like these people who can go to bed at like one or two and then get up at 8 a.m and like do their day and be bells on no way that's no literally way. me every day I don't know how you do it I mean no, not I'm, 1 p.m I'm, I, I'm not a psychopath but like <laughs> midnight I know I, no way absolutely yeah. not like even again I was just in Nash and every night was a late night. I think I probably, in my like 18 days of being there, I think I only had maybe two early nights. And I was dying every day. Like, I just can't function like that. It is like not my thing. Mm. I don't know. I don't know if it's just like I don't have like the stamina for it. <laughs> but like I, and I try so hard, but like I can feel, I turn into like Cinderella like her, how all of her stuff turns into like pumpkins and like I just can <laughs> turn feel into a my pumpkin at midnight like falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's funny. Not a I rock mean, star. <laughs> my show today is at 3 p.m. Yeah, it's a matinee. <laughs> People will be like, "You're headlining." I'm like, "Well, can I like open? <laughs> can I open? Can I have the 11 a.m. slot at the festival, please?" <laughs> I need to be home in time. <laughs> I prefer a midday show. Oh, that's man. Funny. I love it. That's funny. I love it. So, yeah, you've been to Nashville a couple times this year, right? Yeah. You're just so at home in Nashville. I am. Once the pandy slowed down, I was like, bye. I'm out of here. <laughs> I just, there's something about, I've always been a firm believer in like, your soul compass which sounds really like witchy and like mm-hmm. like woo it but, sounds very vancouver right <laughs> i'm probably also doing like a wellness shot and taking like a vitamin c packet at the same time i know <laughs> and holding my crystals but um but in all honesty though it's like i go there and everything about my soul is like energized and I, and obviously I'm in full alignment in terms of like being around people who are doing the exact same things Mm. that I'm doing or in similar kind of realms. And I can't not be there. Like any, like I can sense the energy in my face just being like, oh, I'm so (laughs) the most smiling when I'm talking about Nashville. And I just, I find that the people that I've met there, I've met so many incredible people that are Canadians that I've worked with diligently over the last year, but there's, and when I work with those people in Nashville, there's just something very special about that place. And I think my my heart's definitely there. My soul is here in Vancouver right now, but my heart is in Nashville. And I can absolutely feel that imbalance in my body. Did you move to Nashville at some point? Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's like, that's yeah. 
that's like what I'm trying to figure out now is like, how do I just be there? Because that's where I need to be. And I even find like, I'm a social butterfly. Like I want to network with everybody. And it's so hard being back and forth. And I find like mm. by the third week of me being there or two and a half weeks in, people are like, are you around for this or that or this or that? And like, we want you to play this round or do this. And I have to be like, mm, I'm going back to Canada. So I just got to be there. It's, it's like, yeah, like, I just like, can't wait to go back. <laughs> like, yeah. When can I leave? When can yeah. I leave? What plane is next? Um, I mean, the, the, there's really something to be said about surrounding yourself with, People who are similar in a similar boat and just have the yeah. same passion. Yeah. Things just yeah. St start flowing. Yeah. And I mean, even when I talk to folks like you guys, it's like all of a sudden I just feel so in like in the zone because it's like I'm mm. doing what I want to do. Like, right. Yeah. I've been in Vancouver for 11 years and I've been working on music in different ways for that duration. But there's something about what I'm doing now that's just so different and so real and makes me so thrilled. And I love having opportunities like this to talk to folks like you. And yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I'm grateful. It's been what, great to be here. What is it about Nashville? Do you think? Cause like, why can't we seem to replicate that anywhere else? God, you know, what's so funny about that is I was having that exact same thought on my plane ride home. I was like, why, why have we in Canada never been able, to just be that like even Calgary mm -hmm. is probably the closest to it and still it's not Nashville so I don't know if it's just the magic of like the place itself and the people that have kind of come up and been there and like the institutions like yeah it's like dripping in history too and the grand a lot like maybe it's just that magic it's like there's I don't, I don't know. And like, we have so many insanely talented humans yeah. in the music scene outside of country, even like mm -hmm. even in pop and hip hop and uh, folk. And we do not have the same community. We don't have the same um, energy and excitement and it's heartbreaking. And it's like something when I am here, I think like once COVID really like simmers down and people are way more comfortable being out and about, especially musicians, I would love to start a round here because I hmm. think writers rounds are so incredibly inspiring. And I find every time I go to a round, I, you just learn something about songs yourself and like people's thought process that is like indispensable mm -hmm. and like, unlike anything else I've ever experienced. And I think that especially here in Vancouver, I don't think rounds exist. Like hmm. I have not, in my time been here seeing around promoted. So I would love really? to, yeah. It's just like, we don't have a scene here. And like we do in some regards, but like not even close remotely to Calgary or even Nashville. So I would love to do something if- Jenna, we should fly out there and do it and do it around. Guys. Yeah. You lived in Calgary for a while, didn't you? Or you lived in Banff? I lived in Banff. Good right. I love Banff. Right, right, I lived right. In, I, I lived in Jasper for a while. Oh, mountain life is amazing. I love it. I miss it so much. Yeah. Like I would never want to live there now because no. when I lived there, Banff hadn't popped off like it is now. Like now it is like, it's like Whistler, my yeah. village, yeah. but um, it's just different now. And I was there when like, it was just, there was like nothing. 
which I'm like, oh, I'm so woke. Like, I was there before. <laughs> but like, it was just small towny vibes, and people started calling me a local, and I was like, I gotta get out. Like, I gotta <laughs> go. I can't do this anymore. But it's like, yeah, Banff is beautiful. Ugh. Yeah, when I was in Jasper, it was like I I don't know if Jasper's changed much since, but like, it was like small town, like not not much there. I think Jasper's always been smaller than Banff, but like. Yeah. There wasn't a Tim Hortons. There wasn't any big brand there that you could recognize. And it was chef's kiss. It was amazing. Right. I mean, like, I think our biggest spot in Banff at the time was like Safeway and McDonald's. Like that was probably, and then everything else was like small locally owned places. And like, sure, we had a Lululemon, but like, that was it. Like, I used to shop at this stupid store called like Bedrock or something. And I used to buy my clothes there. And it was like the wackest Mm. ever, but- yeah, I miss I miss the simplicity of that time, but I was so much younger and like I knew I had to do music, so I had to get out of there. Yeah, and I would never want to live there right now, I don't think. I just no. I don't have it in me. No, no, no. I'm too, I'm too old for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> me too. You she Parker escaped on a red eye bus. Yeah. When, yeah. Pardon? I, re- I remember mean? all of this. Yeah, tell him. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. I literally my poor landlords who are like saints like i lived in the basement of their house and they had two two girls and a son and um i like completely pulled the rug out from under them because i was like i found this place to stay in vancouver it had a studio in it it was not all that it was cracked up to be fyi (laughs) but i but at the time i was like 21 i guess yeah 20 21 and I was like, I got to move for music. I'm doing this thing. I'm moving to Vancouver. I'd never been to Vancouver in my life. The biggest town I'd ever been to was probably Toronto. Hmm. So like small town girl moving to Vancouver, never been. Like my dad was probably dying. He was probably like, (laughs) what is this child doing? Like, but I got on a red eye bus. I packed my stuff got on a red eye bus and like peaced on my landlords. And I think, like, I think I might've given them a couple days notice. I was like, I'm leaving, packed my stuff, got on a bus. I knew one person here and she and I had like been in snowboard camps and stuff together when we were competing. And um, she picked me up from the Greyhound terminal. And I remember driving down West Georgia, which is like one of our main strips, like kind of downtown. And like, the glass of the buildings was like so overwhelming to me because I was just, I'd never been in a city. Like I really like outside of Calgary or Toronto, like, but it's different in Calgary. Like it's Mm. just not the same, but yeah, crazy. And then that just like kicked everything off. It was. Sweet. Have you always been like a free spirit like that? Just kind of like ready to pick up and go or. I'm a calculated free spirit. Gotcha. I still love control. Gotcha. Like I need to know, I need to have something in place. And I think my thing in place was like, I know where I'm going to live. Mm. Like if I have a place to rest my head, I'm fine. Yeah. Cause, you, cause, like, cause you gotta be, be to bed by nine. So you need a place to stay. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I need to know where I'm going to sleep. And that place was a hole. Hmm. Oh, MFG. This place was a dump. And like <laughs> the first night I moved, the first night I got there, I met, my old music manager and it was like stars aligning and she was managing a really big pop duo at the time. And like over time we became much closer and, and she was like, you need to get out of here. Like, this is, this is a whole, like one of her artists, her artists 
keyboard player was living in the house. And so that's why she was at the house and she met me and she was like, what are you doing here? (laughs) (laughs) So I lived with her for like a long period of time until I could get like my feet on the ground and like get settled. But that's awesome. Come a long way. Holy I mean, yeah. it, it's those stories that make you, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And like, I wouldn't trade it. Like I went through the ringer in those first couple of years of being here because Vancouver is a hard city. Like mm. it's not easy here, but yeah. Built me for sure. Yeah. No kidding. So you, you said you're, that you're coming from, from a small town. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that's Aurelia. Which is where we are right now. Currently. Yeah, it's so crazy. (laughs) That is crazy. So growing up in Aurelia, did you find that you were naturally drawn to music? Or were were there other things? Because you mentioned snowboarding as well. Were there other things that were kind of uh, your passion? Or how did, like, take us back to the beginning. Yeah, so my parents are not remotely musically inclined (laughs) like at all like to the point where when i wanted to do singing lessons i think they're like this is glorified babysitting thank the lord um and like they never put an instrument in my hand like it was never that for me and like to be honest i wish they would have i wish they would have been like this could be something but um my aunt who passed away when i was in high school she was an incredible singer Mm. and like I grew up in a, like a Roman Catholic, not house, but like circle, I guess. And like, I went to Catholic high schools and elementary schools and I loved going to church because I got to sing. Mm. And like, I always was obsessed with like Shania Twain and, and like everybody who was kind of coming up and Dolly and all the pop artists, like Spice Girls, obsessed. Mariah Carey, <laughs> obsessed. Taylor, obsessed. So I would spend hours in my room like learning these songs and like singing back and I'm sure my parents were like god shut up like it's 9 p.m I don't want to hear your cat voice in the bedroom at night <laughs> but I was I was in love with the arts I loved being creative like I was always making crafts and like just doing stuff and I got involved in the school play and I was also an athlete so I was like this weird like middle ground of like not really knowing where my place was and I never wanted, like, I never felt inclined to do band, but, like, I should have. Mm. And I just didn't know what it meant. And then in my grade, I think it was, like, 11 or 12, we had a computer class, and they had just renoed the whole high school. And they built a recording studio. And I'm like, for what? And they also had, like, a newsroom. And I was like, are you guys going to do something with this? (laughs) And my computer teacher, I, me and one other guy were, like, pretty good at computers for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. And so we had like finished our projects early and he was like, if you guys write a song and record it, I'll give you extra credits. Cool. Yeah. So I wrote this song called all behind and it is the, it's awful. (laughs) So bad. And I go back to it often to just like remind myself. Um, (laughs) Oh, I want to hear it. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Oh, I'll send it to you. It's like one of, it's like one of those, how it started where like, where it is now kind of thing. Um, but, uh, I think in that moment I was like, oh, like, this is interesting. Like, I still didn't know what it meant. And like being, growing up back then, we didn't have Songland. We didn't have the awareness of songwriters. Mm -hmm. I was in a tiny town where like nobody knew anything about music really. And like, it wasn't until I was like 16, I think I tried out for Canadian Idol 
and then realized how whack that whole system was. And like my audition was wild. And I was like, this is not. Why was it wild? What made it wild? We went down like this crazy back alley. They were like, they were doing like these pan over shots of like, uh, say that you're, say that you're in like, not wait, young. No, not wait, go back. You went down, they took you down an alley? Yeah. <laughs> you need to explain so first, this. So first we were like in this lineup and you had to get like your information or whatever. And they were doing like pan over shots and we were in Young and Dundas Square and they were getting us to yell like other places. <laughs> back. Cause you know, it's Young and Dundas Square. Like if you yeah. know anything about Canada. And then when it was our time to like go, they were taking us down these like back alleys to these other doors and they put you in this like weird room that was just had nothing in it. And then the girl that they let go through, I will never forget this. She did a cover of um, Encore by Linkin Park. Oh no. Oh. oh no. Yeah. And they let her through and it was terrible. Horrendous. Was she let through because, because she was so bad? Like it was one of the big ones that you make fun of? I don't know. And they made me, they made me sing another three songs. And I was like, and then they didn't let me through. So I was like, whatever. Like I was bro heartbroken for seven seconds. Cause I thought that was my shot. Like this was going to be my mm. moment, but obviously not. So I think then I was like kind of discouraged. Cause I didn't know. I didn't know what to do. We didn't have TikTok. We didn't have Instagram. We kind of had YouTube, but like, even then, like, I don't know how many people at that time were really like putting covers on YouTube. Well, and we barely had webcams. Like, <laughs> right, exactly. It was a long ass time ago. So I had a hard time figuring out how I was going to do it. So I, I fell in love with snowboarding hmm. and I started chasing that because I was good at it. And like, that's why I had moved. I'd moved to Medicine Hat, Alberta first. And I like ran a ski school outside of Medicine Hat in Elkwater. And I was like the main instructor and like, doing stuff with kids mm. all winter long and it was fine but like not what I wanted to do obviously and then I moved to Banff and I was like kind of chasing that snowboarding dream and I broke my collarbone in Banff really bad Ooh. and I couldn't bounce back like mm. there was just like no there was no way it was going to happen um and I think all that time like I was really reconnecting with music and I'd always been obsessed with music like I was the person in high school making playlists for our like basketball games. And I was the person like making playlists for my friends and like looking for new music and like trying to find the underground thing and like using hype machine. Like it was like the Holy grail. And oh, I forgot all about that. Gosh. Yeah. Oh, that just brought me back. So I, I've always just been obsessed with music and I've, and I've been able to, I, to like memorize lyrics to songs and like, people will be like, how do you know this? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I just, I hear it a couple of times and I just can like pick it up. Mm. Um, I've just been obsessed. Like, it's almost like it's in, it's just in my blood. Like I have no, there's no reason my parents weren't musicians. Like nobody in my family really, except for my aunt. Mm. And she was the one that always believed in me and always wanted me to, to go for this. And like, every time I want to give up. Like, I just think about what would she want to do? And oddly enough, last time when it came out or when I was planning the release, I, my old manager, I was like kind of consulting her on dates and like timelines. And, and she was like, nah, I think you need to release it on the 18th. And I was like, June 18th. I was like, okay, fine. It was, that was going to be a week earlier than I anticipated. And, um, I was going back. So I was like, when did my aunt die? And it would have been 
like June 17th. And the oh same my God. Technically June 17th at 1159. And so I was like, the stars. Wow. And like, it was one of those magical little moments that like, just, and that song has been so special. Like that song had, has really truly changed my career in so many ways and how people view me as an artist. And it's uh yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool thing. I mean, so it's I like, know. it's like really turned into like a special song. Yeah. And it was already a special song. Like I never wanted to release that song, but so many. Really? People, oh yeah. It was too, too raw. My, that song I wrote like days after the final breakup with that guy. And it was the realest I think I'd ever been in a songwriting session. And like, I put, I took verbatim parts of text messages and just dumped it into a Google doc, cried in Luca's basement and like got him to like piece me together and do this song. And I thought it would just live in a file for forever. Cause nobody can sing any song better than Luca. And I, even to this day, I'm like, never sing it as good as you, but it just was going to be a thing that was for me. And I sang it at a showcase. Um, and people were obsessed. And I was like, this is the saddest. Like, it's the slow, slow, slow song. Like, y'all are out of your mind. But people, <laughs> people felt something. And I was like, man, okay, I guess we got to do this. And it, I will never regret. One, I think it like, from a personal standpoint, I think releasing that song let me release a lot of things that I was holding on to. And and then for, I've gotten so many messages since the release in June that like people are like, this song makes like this song has transformed the way that I've looked hmm. at my relationships. And it's, it's, it like brings me to tears every time I think about it because it's, I, I, Oh, I want to cry right now. I never thought that my music would like touch people. And I think that that's like one of the most special, that's the best part of being an artist is like connecting with people you don't know. Like, oh, it just like makes my heart feel things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. you can really hear it in the song. Like it is a raw song. It is a slow song, but it's really raw. And like when you're listening to it, you, like at least when I'm listening to it, I can I can feel your pain in it as well. Yeah. Um, and it's it's like it's really it, it's really great. So it, I'm really happy that that you released it. Thank you. I think um, oh. also, <laughs> we're, yeah, just give you a little moment. We're having a little, having a little <laughs> therapy moment. session here. But yeah, it, like that's like one of those things where, you know, you can connect to people when you're telling something that you actually felt, that you actually believe in, that's not bullshit, that you're cutting for radio specifically. Like yes. those are the those are the ones that turn out to be meaningful or the ones that you really yes. love that are for you. And you know that because they're for you, they're going to be able to connect with other people too, right? Mm -hmm. Totally. Totally. And it's like, I think that's the hard part about being an artist right now. It's like, everybody's looking for songs that'll pop off on TikTok. Everybody's looking for songs that are going to pop off on radio. And like, it's hard to chase that. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think I could genuinely do that. And that's fine if people can. I love that. If you can be that machine, I'm jealous of you. I unfortunately, <laughs> and like as a blessing, need to have this interesting I have I have a moment when I know there'll be like this weird moment that comes up and I'm like this is the next song or like th this I have to cut and there's a song that I got sent from somebody else as a as just like a fluke and someone was like this song is so you and it was from a couple writers in Nashville and 
it has sat with me for so long. And I finally, over the last couple of months, started having discussions about cutting this song. And I would never cut a song that's not my own. But there's certain songs that just grab me. And I'm like, no, 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 this is this mm. is something I need to do. And like, I can't, I can't produce things that I don't feel something deeply about. I just can't. I don't know. It's hard. Because sometimes I want to be like, I want to have like a party anthem that people can right. like, jam to. But I think that's only going to come through with me writing with other people. Like me and Greg wrote Northern Lights. And that song did great on TikTok. And I was like, sick. Like, and it's, a, have- it's a fun song too. I think when when uh, he released it, Jen and I were talking and we were like, wait, Parker co-wrote this? <laughs> we did. We were like, what? Yeah. yeah. It it's not like- sad. Yeah, I know. It was kind of a mistake. Honestly, we like started with, I think we had started with other ideas. And then I was like, Nor- under Northern Lights is a cool idea for like really Canadian stuff. And I think at the time too, like COVID was still well and moving and like people needed something around that like may two four time to like have a moment mm-hmm. to like chill out and like raise a cup and like enjoy people's company and feel a little bit of a release and so the the release of that the timing was quite good but um yeah i don't often write party anthems like that <laughs> <laughs> well before we talk about the uh the, the sad things let's uh take a quick break sure We'll be right back with more on the porch. Um, so we were talking about, you know, party anthems and how that's not necessarily you, but kind of you because you have co-written some. But so you were talking about being, you know, bringing, bringing, what was it? Making country music sad again. That's Making country music sad again. (laughs) Uh, I was like, bring in the sad back. No, that's not right. Um, Saddies for the baddies. Saddies for the baddies. You. <laughs> yeah, that's my other tagline, which I yeah. have to make merch because people are also loving that one. So. Yeah, you got it. I would I, wear that yeah, so no, proud. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I'm doing it. If Jenna says it, I'm doing it. So did you give yourself this nickname or or like this like tagline? Or is it something that kind of just like – it's always been part of like, oh, I'm always like writing sad stuff. So it's just kind of like, how did this come about? Like all the, like, I don't really even know what my question is, but. I don't, I don't know either, but I <laughs> around it. So um, I love feeling hmm. probably to a detriment. So like, but there's, other, but, but there's other feelings than just sadness, right? So like, I know, but nothing feels like sadness. True. And I think I I struggled with mental health my whole life, and like, even now, and I've had lots of bouts of struggles, and I didn't have the easiest childhood. Like I I've definitely gone through it, and I think there's something about when you're outside of sadness and you can feel that sad, like go back to that feeling of sadness and you can see how far you've come. And I think that this is something in breakup songs that nobody talks about. And this is one of the reasons why I love breakup songs is in the moment you can write something so real and so honest and heartbreak and love is universal to everyone. We've all been through it and everyone can understand what story you're trying to tell and relate it to themselves. Now, what nobody talks about is being outside of that sadness and outside of that heartbreak and 
listening to a sad song, like when you're in a better place and you listen to a sad song and you can assess how far you've come from that heartbreak and how you've grown and what you've learned and like how you've stepped into a new self. Nobody talks about that feeling. Mm. And I think that that's why this was only a realization. I think I truly made after last time, like as last time was coming out is that I've changed so much. And we all think heartbreak is going to ruin us and and kill our souls. And we're never going to find love ever again. And most days I still think that, but that's okay. <laughs> well, cause it, it can make you pretty cynical sometimes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if you can really be honest with yourself and realize how far you've come, heartbreak songs are pretty magical. Mm. And I find it fascinating how quickly they can catapult you back to an awful time in your life. Yet, if you have enough self-awareness and like, if you're happy where you're at, even a little bit, you can really look back. Mm. I've come a long way from that. And like, I am doing better and I'm waking up every day and I'm, I'm doing things differently or I'm living for myself. And like, that feeling on top of heartbreak is so cool. Mm. And like, I just love capturing that. And a lot, again, I don't know how many people really listen to a sad song and think about that, but I certainly do. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, just with you talking there, I'm thinking back to like all the songs that stick out in my head, not like necessarily of yours, but just like in general, the ones yeah. that, that stick out in my head are all ones that, that you're right, have me remembering a feeling. Yeah. So it's like, all of them there's a song for every season too and like yes and i think like there's specific songs in my life that i go back to often example (laughs) there's never a right time to say goodbye by chris brown (laughs) i remember that breakup i remember that song being on repeat i like there's certain things in my life that like pop music and folk music and country music and like I remember all these songs that I can, I have the worst memory. I can barely remember what I ate yesterday, but somehow a song can take me right back to a moment. Mm. And that's so interesting. So what season does Cowboys Go fit into them? How's that for leading in? That was sick. (laughs) You do this for a living? Um, Interesting. Let's preface that with (laughs) what what Cowboys Go is. (laughs) Yeah. So Cowboys Go is your latest single. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I love this song so much. I wrote this with two of my pals, Bo Armstrong and Colton Benner in Nashville. I didn't go into this session thinking we'd write a great song. Not that I didn't think we'd write a great song. (laughs) Like, you can't. Yeah. They can't all be great. (laughs) Um, I just find I go into these sessions and like I expect too much and then I have to like pull myself back. But um, and again, as I was saying earlier, there are certain songs where just all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is getting released. Like and it really wasn't until I think like a week or two after I we wrote it that I was like, oh, this is special. Like this is cool. Um, but in it's, the whole song is pretty much again, which I didn't realize until after the fact is like Cowboys Go is essentially the like comparison of modern day dating 
to cowboys and how mm. it's the ex- like ghosting cowboys are just ghosters mm-hmm. <laughs> like that is what it is it is. we're ghosting before ghosting was a thing in modern day dating they, they were they were the innovators of ghosting they are they hold <laughs> thanks the- cowboys thanks <laughs> cowboys um but it's still a really sad song. Like it's, I think there's a lot of time in my life where I've met a guy who, I mean, I, I meet somebody and I'm like, my wedding dress would look like this. <laughs> fall in love when a leaf falls. Like it's awful, but Amazing. I often, I'll fully own up to my foolishness, but um, often like, I think there's times where I, because I've been hurt before and I put up these crazy walls that, um, a guy will say something nice. And even if it is good intent, I'm like, bro, <laughs> you and everybody else and every other, other cowboy I've ever met say the same dang thing. So you ain't going to stay long. Yeah. Say. So cowboys go what? Yeah. Like it wasn't based off something specific. It was really based off of like my experience in dating overall. <laughs> and like, the kind of sadness of like that's just how the cookie crumbles hmm. and like cowboys go like it's kind of being fed up it's kind of mm-hmm. being tired and and i think if you really listen to it and i really tried to emote it in the song is like it's that constant like role of dating and like meaning somebody and not working out meaning somebody and whether or not this universe has like a bigger plan and someone better is going to come along and one more close is going to never before i wish people could see yeah i wish people could see this as you're saying it because that's the best part of you <laughs> what you're saying right now man honestly though like i'm just so tired of it and i don't want it like i'm not going to date somebody for the sake of dating somebody by any means but that whole process of being single and dating around and trying to find the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with is like, oh, I'm not moralizing. It's, it's hard. exhausting. Yeah. Like you're putting yourself on the line so much. And although like, sure. Okay. We want to talk about personal growth. You get to learn a lot, blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> but it's exhausting. No one wants to go through personal growth. No, we don't want to have to. <laughs> no, I just want to get there. I want to wake yeah. up one day and I'm like, I'm healed. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. I have no fears, no anxieties, no trust issues. <laughs> no flaws. Yeah. I'm perfect. Um, but yeah, so Cowboys Go really was just this like moment of like everything I'd ever experienced. And I threw it into one. And I'm really obsessed with like Western times. Like I love, I love vintagey things. I've always obsessed over like old photos. Like I've always kind of been in this like weird aesthetic land of like, this looks so cool. Like I would love to like live back then. Mm. Maybe I was like in a past life, broken hearted <laughs> by a cowboy. I don't know, but gotta um, it. it's gotta be it. Definitely. Um, but yeah, so it came, it, it came together so beautifully and I got to work with Kate Malone on it and she's based in Nashville. And one of my goals was like, I really want to start working with more females. I think Mm. that women in this industry are just like underutilized and there's so much talent. A hundred percent. Bananas. And base, we turned this song around real quick. It was like, we made the decision to cut it and I flew down to Nashville and we tracked it in a week. And then 
it was the mastering with mixing and mastering. We were done in another two weeks. Like it was the fastest I've ever done something, which gives me small levels of, of anxiety in the moment, but it turned out wonderful. And then Gabby Grella mastered it in a perfect world. I would have wanted like all women straight across the board, but I think progression we're moving in the right direction. Um, <laughs> but she did an incredible job, like capturing the emotion and keeping it simple and, and also big and, I'm so thrilled with how it came out and it's a little bit of a departure from last time, obviously, because it's not that like sad vibey, but it's still, well, it's still vibey, I think, but it's, it sounds a bit more hopeful, but if you really get into the nitty gritty of it, it's still a sadie for the I love, like one of my favorite things ever is when a sad song is masked with like a happy beat. Yes. Um, it, it's one of my, it's one of my favorite things, and I think Maroon Five does it a lot. And I yes. I don't know I just I love it. I love when it's like the beat doesn't match like necessarily the message, and I yes. think it's like, it's a really interesting um what's that word juxtaposition that what she said juxtaposition that no when you sent well when you texted saying I'm sending you all this song I was like give me it right now. And then I was listening and I was just like, I was having a nice day. Okay. I had a half, half day of work. I was finished for the day. And I was like, I get to hear new music first. Let's get it. And I'm just laying there listening. And I was like, Oh my God. Romance is dead. Love is bullshit. This is a waste of time. You're right. on to having a good day. But I love this song so much. Oh, well, I'm so glad you love it because, I mean, again, like similar to last time, I'm like, I don't know how it's going to do. Like, and that's been the same with Cowboys Go. It's like, yeah. you never know what's going to happen. And just hearing people that dig it is like, so like heart filling mm. and like, it makes me so happy inside. But I think we, yeah. um, when you get to know people more too, you understand like, we, when like when I get to know you, I know like you like you are passionate about the emotion behind something and you want to tell something that's raw and people can connect to because yeah. you feel it. And so when I, you go in to listen to one of your songs, it's like there's a lot more. Go there's a lot going into this. It's not just like something for people to hear and hum along to. There's like something to connect with. And I'm like, I'm going to find it every time. So, well, thank you for saying that, because so I really do. Um, put a lot of pride and effort into making sure that I'm emoting and people think it's like really easy to just sing with emotion. And it's not like every time we do takes, I'm like, that doesn't sound like I'm in it. And then <laughs> producers are like, it's fine. And I'll like for poor Kate, she probably, and I did this to Spencer too. When I was recording last time, I was like, I need to go back in the booth. I need to do that like another 20 times. And I, I'm like, just, just let me prove to myself. I can't do it better. And then I'll do another like, <laughs> 20 takes and they're like I think we got it and I'm like no okay fine oh, okay, <laughs> you just never like it had there's just something about it sometimes you'll hear it a certain way or the way you say something and and I think I hear that in a lot of other songs like you'll hear this crack in their voice or this like emptiness or hollowness and I always want my music for people to hear that and for it to be honest and I never want to sing a song for the sake of singing it like it's got to connect and it's got to come from a place where I wrote it, you know? Mm. So yeah, thank exactly. you. appreciate that. Of course. Of course. Well, we're coming up on the end of our time here, Parker. Oh, don't leave me alone. Uh -huh. so much. 
Isn't that wild? It's like gone by so fast. I know. We'll have to do a part two. Yeah. And three, and three maybe. Do it. <laughs> part two, three, four, five. Whatever. Yeah. We'll have you like as a regular. Sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'll come on. I'll co-host. Yeah. We'll do part like like Parker's hot takes or something. Oh my yeah. gosh. Fun. <laughs> Give you my dating tips. <laughs> yes. I'll assess every other guest. Um, dating scenario, and I'll be like, okay. Here you go. I'm what dying. would you do in this scenario? I'm dying. Hot takes. <laughs> That's so funny. I love it. Well, Parker, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on the gram at Parker Gray, uh, G R A Y E. I need to stop saying it like that, but I do. Um, TikTok, <laughs> Twitter, Facebook. And then, uh, you know, out in the world. Are you still doing doing Clubhouse stuff? Or is Clubhouse still a thing? No, not really. It just, like, it kind of died when it, people... It was, yeah, it was, like, a good, like, COVID thing. I just still don't yeah. even know what Clubhouse is, to be quite honest. Honestly, it changed my um, life. Co- oh. Like, Clubhouse changed my life. Like, it's the reason why I have my management team now. Really? Like, the people that I met on Clubhouse are now my like core people in Nashville. Like it wow. changed everything for me. Like I will forever like bow down to Clubhouse and what it did for me because it it was a game changer. I went into Clubhouse once, one time. And I was like, let's see what this is all about. And then someone like, I, I entered a room or I, whatever they're called. I entered yeah, a Clubhouse right. or whatever. Um, and someone called me out like, Logan, Let's bring you in. I was like, nope, nope, exit, 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 exit. <laughs> I was like, I'm too embarrassed. I can't do this. And I never went back in. Oh, I loved it. And I told lots of people, cause I knew lots of people who like from my business world who like would thrive on like sharing their business on that app. Cause I know a lot of people who had investors come in who like connected and like found new employees. I know people who hmm. got jobs. Like it was such an interesting thing but you had to really give it a chance and you had to like get settled into what it was and so many people were so overwhelmed by what was going on and like how to navigate the whole thing but if you really put time into it and i was on it all day like i would show up in rooms just to listen just to be in the room it was like it was like a dumbed down version of networking without having to try because you could just be if or you were get just, dressed yeah exactly <laughs> if you were just in a room People were looking through your profile and I probably gained easily 1,200 followers from Clubhouse alone on Instagram. It just changed everything. It was crazy anyway, but I don't do anything now. So well, we'll find you on TikTok. (laughs) I'm better on Instagram. I'm trying to be better at the talk, but I'm just. It's overwhelming. So overwhelming. And I will spend, I'll like get ready. I'll like do the thing because every TikTok video I have, I'm in like a sweater Cause I just don't care, but I'll like do the thing. And then I'll like try to film. I'm like, I'm going to film like four videos, save them my drafts. And then I'll put them out all week. I spend like four hours trying to film one eight second video and then I get discouraged and then I quit. So oh my God, not- that's me. What? <laughs> that's well, me. It's so horrible. I want to be better at it because I see so many people doing like, like having their music pop off. And I understand there's an algorithm involved as well but like you can't it's not gonna happen to you if you don't just put yourself Keep out posting, yeah yeah logan has gone viral so he doesn't i mean uh, it's no big deal you went bye-bye 
tell me more. Well, we, like we started doing like I so during the pandemic, all I did was scroll TikTok. That's like I wasted my life throughout the entire pandemic. That's still me now. So yeah, I, I mean me too. But like during, I was like, I need you to, to like do something productive with this time. Yeah. So why don't I just start a front porch TikTok and try something? Um, tried a bunch of stupid stuff, and then they yeah. it deleted them and whatever. And then uh, we, I, I had like an idea at like two in the morning. I woke up, I was like, I have an idea. Texted me about it. Like yeah. it was an idea idea. Like, I don't think this is like, this is not going to be dumb at nine o'clock in the morning either. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, I have an idea. Let's like do like iconic Canadian country songs that you probably forgot about. And just like kind of feature those artists, feature the song. And like, I did one and I was like, I don't know if this is good or bad. Let's just put it out, out into the world. And it has over 60,000 views. I know. I mean, See, I don't this is, this I don't I don't know if that's viral, but we're calling it viral. We're calling that's it viral. pretty viral. That's pretty viral. <laughs> no big deal. I have one video that broke like over 100,000 views. Guess what it's of though? No, what Not is it? music. It's of me working at a coffee shop and this couple that would that would stop at the coffee shop and they bring their dog and every day cuz I worked at this coffee shop every day for months. He would tie up his dog and then his dog and him would fist bump and he would come into the coffee shop. Oh my That's God. The video. It's still on my TikTok. You can go and look at I'm it. I'm going to find it. And yeah. That was the video. And I was like, this makes me want to quit music. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that I'm doing sucks. Like it was just, it was brutal. But now it's like, I got, I just got to be better at it. And, and like, I don't know. It's There's like, a whole lot of luck with it. Really, like my friend Jessia, she was in her car and like had this crazy idea. And you're going to know it the moment I say it probably. But she had this idea. She was in her car and she's just like, I'm not pretty, baby. I'm just fun. I was going to say, then, that's a bit of a name drop there, isn't it? Huh? <laughs> but then blew up. And now she's got a massive record deal. She's working with Ryan Tedder all yeah. the time. Oh, it's I a know. wicked song. Like, it's incredible. But would that have been what it was if it wasn't for TikTok? Probably not. Probably not. No. And like, there's those magical moments that I'm like, that would be wild. Same thing for Robin. Like Robin's F-150 yeah. blew up. Which yep. like, rightfully so, the song is a banger. And yeah. like, it's so universally um, accepted because everybody looks at a truck or a car and it thinks like, I'm so sad. And like, <laughs> you know. Like, I, don't, I don't, but you know. <laughs> I mean, fair. Whatever. I'm not the one bringing, you know, making country music sad again. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a tough one and I want to be better at it, but I think I just overthink and I need to stop overthinking. So It's so hard. <sighs> Sometimes I wish someone would just tell me what to do and then they'd time me. And be like, you have to be done. And then that way I would just do it once and be done with it. I might, maybe I'll just start timing myself. That's kind of the way I feel with life in general. Like, where's the adult to tell me when I need to stop doing things? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> that's my managers. I'm like, can you guys just tell me what to do? So I just do it. Like, don't yeah. me, like sometimes don't give me the creative control because I'll take forever. Like, <laughs> maybe I need a manager in life. <laughs> I'll be your life manager. Oh, thanks. Great. Tell me what, what to do, when to do it. So, you know, at least there's an adult in the room. Logan, do the damn dishes. <laughs> oh, but I don't want to. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> I love you guys so much. I know, and I don't know if I ever say this enough, but like, you guys are doing such cool shit. And like, oh, thank you. Know, you. It's we, like, as artists and especially independent artists, like, 
you guys really make us look better than we are all the time. <laughs> and um, I really appreciate that. And you make me feel cool. So thank you. And honestly, like it, this is, this is, I know that this is not like the only thing you have going on in your life. So the fact that you're taking the time to like support us and do this, like I can't describe my hmm. like amount of and thankfulness and gratefulness because stuff like this really does change our careers. And I don't think you guys get told that enough. And like, I, Oh, you're giving me the goosebumps. I re I mean it like at this, these things are like, yeah, you guys are just very special. Aww. Well, thank you so much. I mean, you know, I, I started from porch with, with, with that kind of in mind, with independent artists in mind and, and uh, really trying to make a difference in, in the careers of, of artists like you. Yeah. Well, you're doing and, it. You're doing uh, it. And if you ever think that you're like, oh, it's just not what it is, but you're doing it and think like a year ago or two years ago or however, however long ago you dreamed of doing this. And like, I have to remind myself that all the time and you're doing it. And well, I, uh, yeah, like it, it's completely turned into something that I never expected it to. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And like, that's what's so freaking special. And like I, like I started this to selfishly get more marketing clients and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then it just like turned into something a lot more that's special. Like, Getting a dog to find a girlfriend or a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, for, the, he, the front porch is my dog. He did it. He found <laughs> he found me instead. Yeah. Yeah. But seriously, like, thank you from the bottom of my little saddy baddie heart because it does it does do a lot for us and and it doesn't go unnoticed. So thank you for always. Talking. Anytime, anytime, and thank you for joining us. I really, really, really appreciate it. And it's been so great to get to know you because I don't think we've ever actually connected face to face before. I know the next time I come home, we'll have to hang out. You have to, yeah. yeah. Where in really do you live? That might be a weird question. You might want to. Well, I'll tell you after we finish, you know, recording great. this. Yeah. Okay, great. So, um, see you all in a couple weeks. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> have a good one. Thanks so much for joining us on On the Porch with From Porch Music. I love talking to artists and digging deep into the world of Canadian country music, and I'm so excited you joined. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. That's the easiest way for you to support this show. You may even get a shout out. So we'll see you in a couple weeks next time on The Porch. On The Porch with Front Porch Music is hosted by me, Logan Miller, and Jenna Weiser. The theme song was written, produced, and performed by Owen Wrigley.